Hey, I get it. I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. This is a proud production of ITM Media. Good day to all the Marbleheads out there on this 101st episode of Rambling About Racing. Matt Beamer here, as always, with Charlie Herc. has got a great episode for you today. we got Steven from Save the Speedway. He's going to be joining us. He's a grassroots organization guy. Him and five other people have joined up to pretty much bring racing back to North Wilkesboro Speedway. You're not going to want to miss that interview later on in the show. But, Charlie, first and foremost, how's it going? Let's go ahead and crack open a beer. And so let's start talking racing, man. How's it going? It's going, man. You know, just back at Cheers. work this week. Yep. Got a little wet at the track this past weekend. But, yeah, tell us about that. Uh, that was really unfortunate, oh, man. man, because I know I was hyped up to see racing from South Alabama Speedway. Yeah. And, and then uh, Mother Nature just said, <sighs> no, and I really think if they would have far gone the bicycle race at the start with the kids, we would have gotten something in, but I don't think it would have mattered in any way. I just blame it on the kids no, on the bikes yeah, for some it, reason. That's it, what I do. It's easy to blame it on the kids. Um, <laughs> it really <is. laughs> uh, so now we got our practice in, got our qualifying in, and um, they're actually going to make us keep our qualifying order for the race. What would you uh, qualify in? Third. Okay. So, and what about the other? Uh, and they rushed the- our qualifying, so I actually slowed down from the first practice. So. Well, I take it the um, 94 and 3 qualified first and second, oh, huh? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. <laughs> the the so, top runners are running uh, up front. I, I was only, like, the first practice, I, I was, we were all within two tenths of each other. Okay. Which is probably the closest we've been all year. Oh, man, I feel um, good things coming from this And then I slowed race. down just a hair during qualifying, still wound up third, probably, you know, still a couple tenths faster than the, the fourth place, fifth place car and so on. So, still right there, but unfortunately not as fast as I wanted to run by no means. But nonetheless, we got a few weeks off until September the 11th race, and then we run back-to-back. We run the 11th and the 18th. So. All right. But, yeah, everything's going good. 
I had an easy day at work today, played some golf. So <laughs> That's not a bad day. What did they say? A, a bad day on the golf course better than a good day at work? Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's great, so. man. But, man, I tell you, it, it's been kind of crazy here. We got a crib already for the baby. We're starting to build up the baby's room. It's it's a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Can't February can't come fast enough. And yeah, you know, I, can't, I can't wait to uh, this Charlie time, gets here and I meet her. No, no, her name isn't going to be Charlie. That's that's not what Caroline said. You no, know, I don't care what Caroline said. That's not going to be. The uh, I'm no, pretty no, sure Caroline's no. already made that decision. Moving forward here, <laughs> <laughs> a few housekeeping things right here. Uh, as everybody knows, we have uh, we're part of the Unhinged Sports Network. Unhinged is now part of Belly Up Sports, which is a great merger that we're happy to be a part of. But we, we're switching over pl- podcast platforms. I sent out a tweet and a Facebook post a few days ago. Bear with us. We're starting to get everything in line. One way or another, you're going to get the latest episode of Rambling About Racing every week. So don't worry. It'll be out as soon as we can get it out. We're trying our best here. We're going forward. It's it's happening, but it's happening slow. So bear with us on that. Other than that, we have switched up our social media tags. Now, instead of in the marbles like it used to be with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, now it's Rambling About Racing. So Rambling About Racing on Facebook. Rambling Racing pod on twitter instagram rambling about racing everything's rambling about racing now for the most part we're finishing up that so in the marbles well, i mean that's a throwback makes sense being that's what we do right and now it's a in the marbles is a throwback thing we still have it we're still under the umbrella of itm media which is in the marbles media so don't worry we're still going to do throwbacks on that but bear with us on that going there but man it what a crazy time to talk about racing because we just had worldwide technology at there at Gateway for the Truck Series, Michigan for the Xfinity and Cup Series, and what an amazing, what a fun all around weekend! It really, it it was just so much fun to watch this racing. But first, we're going to talk about the truck race. I got one thing to throw at you, then we're going to get into the second thing. Then we'll talk to Stephen from Save the Speedway. The truck race had non-competitive pit stops and what that means is they bring the drivers down on pit road as they ran on track and there's no as fast as you can five off five on get fuel in the car and exit the pits there was none of that it was stopping the pits and once everybody stops in the pits they have a maybe five ten minute window to make adjustments and change everything it's kind of like short track racing where they'd stop and make adjustments or an all-star race format i saw that and for the first race in the playoffs for the truck series if i was nascar i would be very disappointed in myself making that call because Mm -hmm. the point of pit stops is and everybody says it races are won and lost in the pits but that way once they all are done with service they line back up the way they came in and go back out and race there's no strategy to it there's no anything to it and apparently tires can only be changed during stage breaks and the reason behind that was that the pit crews were not normally there. Were at Michigan for the Xfinity and Cup race. It, it pretty much pissed me off because when I watch a race, I want to see the pit stops. Pit stops are a big part of the races, no mm-hmm. matter what series it is. Formula One, Indy, NASCAR, what tiers in NASCAR, it doesn't matter. Pit stops make or break races for a lot of drivers. Yeah, uh, I... I'll agree with you 100%. It's not they, – they screwed the pooch there. You know, it, 100%. It, if, 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 if all the teams – if all the pit teams were in Michigan, then 
somebody screwed the schedule up is all I know to say. They they shouldn't have had truck series running here and your other teams running somewhere else. Uh, But if that's the case, man, there's so many pit crews out there. And I I just don't, I just don't, I I don't, I don't see where they could justify doing the, 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 the pit stops the way they did this weekend. And here's how they justified it. Or at least here's what I heard on the commentary before the lights went out and the power outage happened. The commentator said that the reason for these stops is because of the pit crew situation. The pit crews, I guess, who normally pit these trucks are cup series and Xfinity series pit crews. Which is fine, but at the same time, do you not have a developmental pit crew you could take there and still have live pit stops in the middle of a race, especially if it's a playoff race for the, the truck, truck series? The truck series ran on Friday night, correct? The truck series ran on Friday night, uh-huh. and it was Did- their first race in their playoff system. Yeah, so that, that's garbage. Uh, it is 100% it, my, garbage. My thing is, so if, if the truck series ran on Friday night, the Cup Series and Xfinity Series did not practice or anything, correct? Correct. So, what did the pit crews do all weekend? I don't know. Why, why couldn't it, they have been there? It, it was well. Here is my thing, and that it's not necessarily. I get. I understand why you would want a Cup Series crew, a, a team from like Kyle Busch's team, pitting a Kyle Busch truck in the Truck Series. I can understand that because they know what to do. They they have the muscle memory and experience. Well, a lot of those fast. guys do. A lot of those right. guys do. They do pit all all three series. But it was such a detrimental blow. I think that took away from the truck race for me a lot. Not having live pit stops and having them go over the wall, like maybe four or five guys fill up the car and jack up the car nice and slow and take everything off and put everything. It was just so stupid. And whoever's idea was that. In NASCAR, I'd like to know and talk to them because it'd have been more interesting to see the driver have to get out yeah, and do everything you, himself. You might as well and have get the back in do that, yeah. Because and and go back out and if you gain spots, you gain spots. The whole point of the pit stop is: oh, what if I want to take two tires and gain track position? What if I want to take fuel only with five to go and yeah. everybody's in their fuel window? But I want that track position. It just took away from the race as a whole. Forget the power outage. Forget that Sheldon Creed won. Forget that everything happened in that race that happened. And it was I, good I racing. I get if it was a competition caution, but that's just no. It was it, like a competition caution at the beginning of the race. But for it to be like that throughout the race is garbage. It was one hundred percent garbage. It took away from the race as a whole, it even overshadowed to me the fact that Haley Deegan finished seventh. A great run for her, but it overshadowed that for me because I, when I watch a NASCAR race... But could could she have done even better could she if have, the pit crew could, could have... finished fifth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If she the crew, could have had a top if, five finish. Instead of having the crew chief's hands tied, could the crew chief have said, hey, let's take two ties since... There's hardly anywhere. If I'd a crew chief, if I was a crew chief, I'd have I'd have been smashed on top of that box because yeah. what are, what are you doing all race? Not absolutely doing, nothing. You're not doing anything. It's like oh, you're in your pit stop, pit stall. Okay, go. It was stupid to me. That was issue one I had on this whole. You don't weekend. even have to count them down coming into the box. No, just find your sign. It's like, hey man, when you get here, just you know, slow up, stop. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll be done it when we get done. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen NASCAR do. NASCAR's done this before on the dirt track at Bristol. But that was Now's just, not a good time. We're eating ice cream. But that was justifiable 
because they're on a dirt track at Bristol, and it's like, hey, let's just not have cars sliding into the pits. And I understand why they did it at Bristol. I don't understand why they did it at Gateway. I don't understand why they did it at Bristol. They designed it to do that. Hey, the truck, the truck race, the trucks did it at Eldora. I'm just saying, man. And they ran perfectly fine pit stops. Apparently, it it was a competition thing. It would be an unfair advantage to pit crews. And my thing is uh, to who that, gives a rat's butt. I understand. I understand what you're saying. But I also say, hey, if the teams didn't come prepared, especially teams in the playoffs, you know, it's stupid. It's stupid. One hundred percent stupid. Look, your your lower budget teams that usually don't run up front are not going to lose or gain anything by not having a, a, a top tier pit crew there anyway. It just pissed me off more that they did it during a playoff race. Yeah, I think that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Well, even during a regular season race, it wouldn't have mattered because that could have been that could have screwed somebody out of a win to lock them into playoffs. I've never seen anything like that other than Bristol. And even then, it wasn't a. It's like okay, I can understand Bristol dirt, but I can't understand what NASCAR did in the Truck Series at that race. If anybody has any insight on that, let me know and let us know what you think, ITM, because I have no idea what what the heck they were doing. That was issue one, big one, but issue two for me, Austin Dillon. <laughs> he got that silver spoon snatched out of his ass is what happened. Oh my goodness, dude. That was the craziest <laughs> thing. So all through the race on Sunday, I was. this is a Cub Series race, I was listening to drivers not locked into the playoffs and drivers that were right there in the cut line. So it says Kevin Harvick, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, Matt DiBenedetto. I was listening to those guys. Every one of them had a good run up on until the end of stage two, in which – I was listening to Austin Dillon's radio at the time. Now, I got to say this first. Austin Dillon, I know his grandfather's Richard Childress, but Richard Childress is by far the most micromanaging team owner I have ever heard on the radio. Mm -hmm. I have never heard a team owner come over the radio as much as Richard Childress does, especially with his grandson. I didn't hear him on Tyler Reddick's radio. Of course, I wasn't on Tyler Reddick's radio, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he was switching back and forth between the two. But I'm not going to buy that. But what Richard was doing, Austin was talking about his car's gains tight as the run goes on, which makes sense as the tires wear and it doesn't turn well and grip. But what Richard said was it could be the left side tires. He's telling the crew chief of the three car what to do or what might be the issue. It's like, let the man that you're paying to do the job do the job. Exactly what I was about to say. You're paying this guy to do a job. Yeah. If you don't trust that he can do that job, then you get up there and let do him, it. Yeah, let him go and you be a crew chief. Now, which kind of blew me away. And then and then after he the crew chief explained to him, yeah, we saw cords on the H car. We we are aware of the issue and we're anticipating that. Then he said, Oh, I know you know what you're doing. I was like, Well, let the man do his job then. Yeah. So at the end of stage two, I'm listening to Austin Dillon's radio. And he said, I'm sorry, I messed up. It's like, well, that's weird. I mean, he, he finished, what, fourth in the stage at that point? And he must have kicked himself hard in the butt on that one. Well, it turns out I'd look up, and all of a sudden, the three cars in the fence because there was a delay between smashed. the scanner. I mean, smash into the fence. And my first gut reaction, that's when you called, and we started talking, and my first gut reaction was, Kozlowski dumped Dylan. And everybody is still saying Kozlowski dumped him. Now, I and I'll, I'll elaborate on that in a minute. You go ahead. Now, I, I 
when I looked at it at first, it's like, yeah, he dumped him. But then it's when they slow it down, it looks like Dylan was coming up. Kozlowski was coming down. I think Kozlowski could have given Austin Dillon room, especially at the end of the stage. It's like, okay, you got it. Once you cross the finish line, let off the gas, slow down. But I wasn't there, nor am I a race car driver. This is where I'm going to elaborate on. All right, you go ahead. Okay, because nobody wants to nobody wants to back up 300 yards back up the track where Austin Dillon was rubbing fenders with him. Yeah, true. And and racing him pretty hard and dirty. At the end of stage two, not the end of the freaking race. So let's let's nobody wants to back up that far. They just want to see where Austin Dillon hit the wall. Okay, I get side drafting. Yeah. But Austin Dillon ran him all the way to the top of the track and wants to still rub fenders with him. And then he talks about, well, I was just trying to come back up on the track from being on being down there where it's rough. Well then don't take your ass down there, stupid. There's plenty of track yep. to race. Yeah. There is plenty of track. We, we talked about this last week with track boundaries. We did. We hinted on it. We talked about we, this a lot. We can eliminate a lot of problems. Well, then this is going to be the third issue, and then we'll go. And then, by the way, Richard Childress said that Austin Dillon needed to kick Brad Kozlowski's butt. I don't know. If Brad Kozlowski would, like, that, that little <laughs> prick would, he'd snatch, not, he already pulled the silver spoon. He'd snatch that oh. golden horseshoe out of his ass, too. <laughs> I love it 100%. But here's my thing. Okay, going back to that. The track boundaries, this is, again, an issue that has been brought up here. now. I ain't even in it. No, that's fine, man. Should NASCAR, at high-speed racetracks like Atlanta, Texas, Michigan, super speedways, I guess, a mile and a half and over, we'll say that, just umbrella everything, should should there be a double line out-of-bounds rule? I'm I'm fine with the mile and a half, but, like, the track they just ran was a two-mile track. Okay, yeah. I mean, we saw that a lot in Michigan. We always see that in Michigan. And if you race iRacing, you'll see that too. That is the quickest way to get from point A to point B. That's the shortest way around the track. You cut a little bit off. Mm -hmm. But you're right. If you get put in the position where there's a car to your outside. and And If you you put yourself down there and there's a car above you, tough s***. You're 100% right. If you're out of bounds below that apron, and in, in Dylan's fairness... The stage had ended. They weren't racing anymore. Their positions were locked in, but who knows? I mean, I mean, we could talk about that table blue in the face, man. It's just one of those things where it's uh, it was unfortunate for Dylan, but he put himself in that position. Sure, and I, I'll you know I'll, I'll see it the other way too. Where could Kozlowski have cut him a little more room? Sure, yeah, sure. But could but could have Dylan not ran him all the way up the wall? You know, three four hundred yards back up the track. Yeah, they're racing for position. Sure, they're racing for position at that point. Once they cross the line, it, it's over. And that's fine. But they, they also he also didn't have to just you know start rubbing fenders and stuff right. at the end of stage two. If it was the end of the race, okay, hey, fine. We all know that how sensitive these dang fenders are and cutting tires down and all that as it is. True. So I, I could see where Kislowski, you know, would have would have stayed on his fender. You don't just cross the start finish line at the end of the stage. And automatically let off the throttle. Why not? Because they still cars right behind you coming full speed. There was nobody behind Kozlowski and Dylan. It doesn't matter. He don't know that. I think he does. Well, I don't know. Again, I'm not a race car driver. You can make an argumentative great point there that I have. I, I, I don't just cross the start finish and just let off. I'll run that son of a gun almost all the way into one before I'll let off. That makes sense, especially them going, what, buck 80? I mean, because Dylan, if I just let off and somebody's close to behind me and they don't let off, they're going to nail me. 
There's a lot of factors that went in there. I don't think Kozlowski meant to do it. I think it was just one of those racing incidences that both drivers, I think, could have done something different. Nah, Dylan, I'll agree with you there. Dylan, Dylan, it, Dylan it could have been, been prevented if Dylan didn't go below the on the apron, and it could have been prevented if Kozlowski would have given him a little more room. But either way you look at it, the ends doesn't... Yeah, because I, I think Dylan had the spot regardless if he had went below the apron or not. Right, I think he would have been fine just where he was at after the great runoff of turn four that he had. But I think he just, I don't know. I don't. I can't read in the mind of Dylan. That's just unfortunate for Richard Childress. Now, there's only one spot left because Harvick locked himself in by points into the playoffs. There's only one spot left, and nobody's <laughs> guaranteed at Daytona. Nope. You might Ty- well- Tyler Reddick sitting in that spot right now. Matt DiBenedetto could like win. Say, Bubba you, Wallace you could it. win. A lot of different opportunities. Of This is... We'll see, man. And I think I think it's going to be a good race regardless of this week. And stay tuned to the end of the show to find out what the start times for that are. But anything else before we get into our talk with Stephen from Save the Speedway? No, I, I think that's pretty well covered. It. I'm I'm trying to get my blood pressure back down from. All right, all right. Calm down before up, we so. talk to Steve. We'll take a quick break and come back with Steve from Save the Speedway. Folks, before we continue on with today's show, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online store at Teespring. There you can find the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, pint glasses, you name it. We have it, and if we don't have it, let us know what you want and we'll make it up for you. Head over to ramblingaboutracing.com and on the top of the page, you'll see a tab that says store. That'll take you directly to our Teespring page. There you can find, again, all of our rambling race about racing gear as well as our throwback in the marbles gear so head over there and all purchases will help out rambling about racing bring you more content in the future better content in the future but just head over to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles or rambling about racing.com the stores tab is at the top click on it and it'll take you directly to seaspring to check out all of our latest gear Here on Ramblin' About Racing, here we're joined by Stephen Wilson from Save the Speedway, a grassroots organization, in order to bring North Wilkesboro back from uh, just a plot of land, an empty racetrack, to a racing series. Stephen, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, thanks for having me on tonight. No problem. I, I, I know I can speak for Charlie on this. That you, we have both been looking forward to this episode for a month now. Just talking to you guys because North Wilkesboro is one of those racetracks that I think. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. 
so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Nine out of 10, maybe 99 out of 100 race fans in NASCAR want back. And we're going to get more into that as we go down the road. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you're involved with Save the Speedway? Well, I've been with Save the Speedway since the beginning in 2005 with Rob Marson, who um, co-founded uh, Save the Speedway. Uh, it, it was kind of a uh, deal where he was making a trip south and remember watching old races there at the race, at the track uh, with his dad and decided to pop in and see what was going on and kind of dug into, you know, why people left and, or, you know, didn't, did not want to run races there anymore and what the county was looking at doing or if there was any effort there to even try and do something within the county and found that there was really no organization or anything like that that would have allowed you know, an effort to go forward to, to see what could be done with the track and just if anybody was even interested. So I've been along with him since the beginning, uh, running the social media accounts and um, helped out on various other projects uh, with this to, to um, meeting with politicians. And we started a petition at one point and got that thing out there for quite a while and got a little bit of media coverage for that and we've had a couple other people join in on since over the years and uh, everybody plays a little little part and just a group of people that you know wanted to see something happen with the racetrack and uh, just found that you know what you know we could at least organize a, a group or, around this and here we are all these years later and it looks like uh, something is going to happen there at the racetrack. Yeah, it really does. Just based on the social media accounts and what teasing we've gotten through social media here in the past year or so. As far as you, have you been a NASCAR fan or a race fan for a long time? And if so, what got you into racing? Oh yeah, I mean, I've been a I've been a fan all my life, uh, watching NASCAR and watching it with my parents and going with my grandparents uh, to local racetracks, and it, it's just something that. You know, I've been around and watched for for a long time, and uh, there, you know, there's a lot of tracks today that we go to or we've left in the past. And um, I remember when we raced at some of these tracks, and it, it's just, you know, it's just, you know, been a fan all these years of of, of racing and the history of it and where they came from. And um, you know, Norfolk Swirl is just one of those tracks that there's so much history and. You know, NASCAR has uh, raced there since the beginning or even predating NASCAR. And it's just really been somewhere that it's kind of like the Fenway Park of things. And it just ropes you in as kind of the allure and the name and the racing that has occurred there and the history that's happened there at Buffalo's first freeway over the years. So, uh, Stephen, do you think something like this could eventually carry over – like let's say it may it, all this goes through, you know, NASCAR comes back to North Wilkesboro. Could something like this carry over to a Rockingham or something like that? Do do y'all see the potential for the Save the Speedway to branch out to other tracks? Well, that's been a discussion over the years as to you know how we focus our efforts, and really our efforts has been solely and mostly dedicated to the fact of Northwest Speedway. Now we've we've been in touch with other 
people that have um, attempted to go out there and save racetracks. There's been a couple of short tracks and things like that that people have branched out to us and asked us questions over the years as to just how we were able to organize as a group and some of the things that we did, such as, um, you know, working with local politicians and, you know, just kind of, you know, we've helped some groups along the way. And we've had discussions as to what we do next after North Wilkesboro Speedway. And that's really a hard question to, to answer because so many people just know that we are North Wilkesboro Speedway that, you know, when, when, when you pull up or Google North Wilkesboro Speedway, you know, that you find us, you know, you find all the things that we've done over all the years and, you know, we would be, we would like to help out other tracks. And right now our singular focus is to make sure that this thing gets across the finish line. And, you know, if, if there's groups out there that want to organize or have questions of what we've done and how we've done it over the years, we're more than glad to help groups out and, you know, if you know, I know with Rockingham, it's been purchased by a uh, a guy out of Raleigh that uh, owns some businesses up there, and there's been some talk about running some cars races, and uh, I think they've done a drifting, use it for drifting once uh, Myrtle Beach is shut down, and I know that it's part of the state. There, there's some funding that will potentially go their way, just as it would to you know, as part of the money that's going to be North Wilkesboro, Charlotte. So you know, we're you know, branching out is, you know, one of those things that we have to, you know, how, how do we craft that? And, and, you know, people kind of start to see us as, as a group that saves other racetracks. And, you know, we've, we've dedicated it so long to North Wilkesboro that, um, you know, I think it's a, a, a kind of a fine balance that should we branch out, um, I think it would have to be after we, have gotten North Wilkesboro across the finish line, and then what we do next, and who we you know work with next, is uh, really just a, a question of uh, who's interested or who needs help. More of a one track at a time type deal, because uh, how do I say this? You, you spread your out, you spread yourself out too far, then uh, things can go downhill pretty quick, I guess. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. And we're just a small, we're, we're just a small group of people that has organized around this effort. And you know, we're we're not a business. We're not being paid. This is uh, these are all things that we do on our own time um, and use you know, our little bit of expertise to um, to formulate and work towards the goal of the track reopening. And yeah, I think, you know, with us, it's, it would be kind of hard right now to pivot away from that because, you know, the sole focus at this moment is on North Wilkesboro Speedway and with us having lives and, you know, jobs and things like that, that, you know, people, um, with this isn't a dedicated thing. This isn't something that we do 24 hours a day. This is something that we do on our own time. So it's, uh, yeah, you're right. Pivoting away and taking our eye off that ball would, uh, you know, kind of leave us in a, and we feel is, you know, kind of, you're right. Where things would not be moving forward as we would expect it to or want it to. And just keeping that singular focus right now on the track and then, once the track is saved and we're comfortable with that, then maybe it's time to redirect our attentions elsewhere. And if that's, you know, somebody like Rockingham would 
is interested in some help or if, uh, you know, just another track just has questions, you know, for the things that we've done. And I know there's tracks all over the United States. Um, you know, people, people are, uh, uh, asking for Kentucky to come back, for example, or Chicago land or whatever the case may be. And, and, you know, there are groups kind of formed around that. And, you know, if they've got questions, we may have the answer for them. But right now, kind of our singular focus is going to continue to be uh, on making sure that Northwood Source Speedway is successful. So as far as the checklist, let's say if somebody does come up to you from a group like you guys are for North Wilkesboro for a Chicagoland or Kentucky or even a Nazareth, and they come up to you for advice. Do you guys have a set checklist of what you guys hit going down just based on your experience since 2005? Or how do, you, how do you tell them what to do? How do you point them in the right direction? You know, every, everywhere is totally different. I think, the best, I think one of the best examples is, I can give is uh, take a look at Nashville and Nashville Fairgrounds for how long that they fought to get the fairgrounds to continue to stay open. You know, there, there's been this constant battle between the city and the fair board, and those two are in disagreements with one another. So politically, it's a football that gets pushed back and forth to one another. So for us, we've been pretty, we've been pretty happy in the fact and pretty lucky that we have a group of people in Wilkes County such as uh, and the dynamic in Wilkes County is kind of different than a lot of other places. The town of North Wilkesboro, the town of Wilkesboro, and the county, there's three different governmental bodies that run the county. But they're all in agreement as to what should happen with the track. And they all see the, you know, the, the end goal that, they're, that we're trying to accomplish to, to make sure that, uh, you know, Wilkes County, you get, get some of that economic revenue back. But you take a, a but back to Nashville, it's a little bit different story. So you've got two political sides of the ball that you're, you're you're having to find common ground in order to to bring racing back to Nashville Fairgrounds and right. and not not just not just some of the stuff they've been doing these days, but you know NASCAR and I know SMI that owns North Wilkesboro has been very involved on trying to work with the mayor and the fair board and address the concerns of people that are around the racetrack. But you, you also, you know, with Nazareth, again, it's a different story. Every, every place is a different story. And Nazareth was sold to a real estate developer with the fact of part of the sale is they could never use it for racing ever again. So there's just no way to ever work around that legally, but Chicago land, you know, there's some, you know, there's some people that are interested in trying to bring racing or want racing to come back there. And, you know, NASCAR, again, you, you, you know, every, every situation is different. Right. And, and with Chicago land, they, they're interested in maybe selling parts of it off or maybe selling it all off um, because they see the value in the land, just like they're doing with auto club speedway. When they do their renovations, they're also looking at, you know, the value in the land there. So there's not one for the point of all of this is it's just not one set of checklists like we can't just say like every situation you know you should do this or that right one thing that we do tell people is is that everybody likes to do two things and these are the first two things that come to mind start a gofundme and start a petition really both of those we tell people that's a waste of your time you can go and get all the petitions that you want but it really doesn't mean anything at the end of the day with a GoFundMe, you need hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars in some cases to do something. 
that's just not a platform where you just are going to get enough people together in the racing community to dump the hundreds of thousands or even millions and millions, even tens of millions of dollars needed to, to, to renovate or buy a facility or, or do what needs to be done to bring racing back to a particular facility or not. So we really just tell people that, hey, look, you, you, you just focus away from that. Don't don't worry about petitions. Your best bet is, is that if you want to get the attentions of the local government, you need to start talking to them directly. Work with them directly. Uh, Stephen, based off uh, you know everything you were just saying, one of the questions I, I believe uh, you know Matt and myself were going to ask you know why North Wilkesboro, why not a uh, a Rockingham or something like that? But you pretty well answered all of that based off of the checklist. Right, and it's not much a checklist, Steve, and I think it's more of a, I wanted to ask you, what what draws you and what made you want to dig your heels into this project with North Wilkesboro, vice a racetrack like a Rockingham, and somewhere else that has historical value worth NASCAR and racing, but why North Wilkesboro? You know, North Wilkesboro, again, is... The history there is like the Fenway Parks right. of, of NASCAR. Um, you go to town and you see the people. And when we showed up and started going to the town and talking to people 10, 11 years, 12 years after the race, you walk into the local diner and it's filled with pictures and trophies and um, people sitting around still talking about the racetrack. The Williams Motel is another great example of, you know, this this is a hotel that the Speedway owner would buy out the entire hotel in the days before drivers came in big RVs and would put all the drivers and the crews and the officials in the hotels. And you go to the hotel today, you know, in a 20 year plus years later, and there's pictures of drivers at the hotels with the owner. The connection to the town is what kind of draws the attention to this more so. The people that are there have never forgotten the racetrack. They've never brushed it off. They've always, 10 years later, 15 years later, 20 years later, always felt like somebody could do something with that racetrack. They always were looking for that next how do we make this work? And, and that's 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 just regular people. That's business owners. They were governmental officials. It was just that connection, really. And you, you just go into town, and it's just one of those towns that are NASCAR. Right. It, it, it screams NASCAR. You can't go very many places in Wilkes County today that you don't run into some piece of racing memorabilia or history. You go downtown North Wilkesboro, you go into some of the shops there. Um, you go to the smokehouse there. You go to some of the, the bars and restaurants that are that are around or, or just even just driving down the street, there's just names. There's Junior Johnson Highway out there. There's Benny Parsons' uh, name out there. There's just, just screams nascar from the time that you get there to the time that you leave and it's hard to go somewhere and it's really again that connection i'm sure i've never been so i'm not speaking for experience i'd like to make the pilgrimage there but as far as far as your goal for your organization is it specifically nascar 
or is it just racing in general you want to bring back there? Would you guys be happy with a late model series coming around, an ARCA series, maybe SRX? Would you be happy with anything, or is it the main goal NASCAR and everything else would be secondary? Well, we, we always, when, when we started this thing, there was no formal kind of answers to that question. Nobody had ever had really asked that question. The question was always, how do we do it? How, how do we even, the, the question was, like, how do we even start? Like, how do you start to develop a plan or, or ask the right questions to the right people to see if anything's even feasible or not? And that's one thing that we learned right from the beginning was is that everybody was very helpful in the fact of, of wanting something to happen there. And to ask the questions of people around town and the governmental officials and, you know, just people, just people that are, you know, uh, uh, um, that have followed us or whatever over the years, we, we kind of developed a more broad spectrum idea as to what North Wilkesboro could look like in the future. And what we learned was, just like other track owners around the United States and even SMI themselves, or NASCAR that owns Daytona and Talladega and Richmond and so forth, they've all learned that racing alone just doesn't pay the bills. You have to branch out. What else can you do at these right. places? Charlotte, and the best example that we always tell people is, Charlotte holds over 100 non-motorsports events per year. Now, granted, this is prior to COVID. They've had to scale this back just like everybody has. But you take a model like that and you take a look at what Charlotte has done. They hold big races there, the Coca-Cola 600 and now the Roval Race. Uh, and the well, and then at one point, the All-Star Race. Yep. But, they, but they kept this thing in operation all year long where there is slaps for charity, where there is um, Christmas lights, whether it's movies in the infield, just, they just constantly using the track for something. And we looked at it and said, well, you know, that's a great idea. That's what needs to happen here. It's the largest capacity facility in the Western part of North Carolina with 40,000 seats. Yep. And if you were to use the infield, you could definitely get more than that in there than the 40,000. But we, we always felt like racing is the core of North Wilkesboro yep. Speedway. So whatever that racing looks like, SRX, the truck series, ARCA, um, Southern Super Series, the Smart Tour, the mod, um, the Tour-type mods, um, Pick, up, pick one of these series, the Cars Tour, for example, yeah. and pair these things up and pair them together with other events or, you know, like the SRX series and you can bring the Tour Type Modifieds in there at the same time or pair it up with ARCA or whatever the case may be. But then when they're gone, you've had this large facility that it's a blank canvas and you can do concerts, you can do car shows, you can do you know, one-on-one drags, you can do laps for charity, you can do movies in the infield, you can do so many other things with this facility. And and I guess that's a long answer of saying that we never just hinged on the fact of, well, we're only going to do this if the Cup Series comes back. Like, we're not going to waste our time if nobody else comes here. That, That was never our goal. And we've told people from the beginning that don't put your hopes into 
that the Cup Series is going to come here day one because I think it's it's going to take a while for that. It, it's going to be one of those things that you're going to have to build up to. And is it perfectly feasible? I really don't know. I mean, we live in a different NASCAR today than we did three or four years ago or yeah. even 10 years ago or even in 2005 and 2006 when we first started this. So there's been a, that evolution in NASCAR. So so I don't I don't know if the Cup Series could come back there. Um, you know, could the Xfinity Series or Truck Series? I think that's perfectly suitable for the track and especially the Truck Series because they're, you know, they're sponsored by Campy World and Mark Simonis has, has, has been on social media saying that, you know, he's willing to help out. And I think that if he's willing to help out, I think he's going to want to see, you know, his series that he's sponsoring yeah. come to that raceway and, and put on a show. And I, and I think, you know, there's so many other plausible uh, um, events and things that could happen there. And it's never just been about just one series. Like, you know, we have yeah. to have this. If we don't get this and we're not doing it. And it's been, you know, it's, you know, it's broadened our eyes and broadened our minds to the fact of, wow, really, you know, these other racetracks have started figuring out over the years the same, you know, kind of same thing we did. And we have to figure out how we use these large facilities not just as a racetrack anymore, but as an event place, some place that you can bring in all kinds of events for people to come, right. regardless of whether they are into NASCAR or they're just a you know casual fan or just somebody that just has zero interest in racing whatsoever. There's plenty of events for everybody, and, and no matter where you fall, bring in that event, bring in those events for people to come there and continue to use the facility as much as possible. And and you said this isn't the same NASCAR as it was back in 2005, and I would 100% agree with you. But I feel as I've gotten more into NASCAR, and I feel more so in the past two or three years that we've wanted, and NASCAR fans have wanted the nostalgia back. We've wanted the Rockingham's back, and we've wanted the North Wilkesboro back. And now that push is finally i think caught up with you guys and that hard work you've been putting in since 2005 and people recognizing it and saying yeah we want this to happen you know like you said i don't think cup's going to be back at day one but i think fans would flock there in an instant and you'd be and you'd have it sell out there if it was a truck series if it was the xfinity series i think steven probably said it best when he said you know talking about camping world there where ceo of camping world I think it was, has talked about interest and and investing in Save the Speedway and and stuff like that. We all know NASCAR's going to follow the money. And if the main sponsor of one of their top three-tier series is funneling money into North Wilkesboro Speedway and and puts his opinion in there of, hey, you know, I want one of your series that I sponsor, that I'm the primary sponsor of your series – Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I would like them to go run this track. Yeah. I, I think they'll sit down and explore that idea pretty yeah. heavily. Now, have you been in touch with Marcus Smith at all? Have you guys been talking to him and talked with him about 
what you want from this or like how you guys can help facilitate that since SMI does own North Wilkesboro? We have a very good working relationship with SMI and we work with them very well. It's been something that we have built relationships with people there over the years and we have been able to I wouldn't say necessary part of the process, but we've been at least been able to, you know, use our platforms to make our opinions known as to what, you know, what we've discovered over the years. And and we talk to a lot of different people and SMI has been a group that as the owners we've reached out to. And yes, we've, you know, we've had conversations with, a, a broad spectrum of people over there that have been very accommodating to us and allowed us to voice our opinions on on the track and that we're here to help you out in any way that we can possibly do so. And, you know, the, that again has been, you know, what I go back to earlier in, in you say saving other tracks is to cultivate relationships and we we feel like we've or we have good relationships with them yeah and it shows too i i think based on last year or, or two years ago like two years ago 2019 dale jr organized something to have that racetrack scanned as i racing and i racing was fully on board with that and let me tell you it's a tough track to run there just on i racing i can only imagine in real life but did you have did you guys have a hand in that at all? Um, it, it, we we you know we've we didn't have a direct hand in that. No, we you know there had been conversations a couple of years prior. There was a lease group that that leased the racetrack two thousand nine to two thousand eleven, and they ran some some regional racing and past years and stuff like that. And, and at that time, I know that there were some conversations going on as to see whether. You know, there was even any interest in doing so, whether I racing or you know anybody would be willing to come out and you know scan track and things like that. But yeah. they closed up, so I don't really know how far those conversations ever got. But I knew there was at least some interest in seeing whether they would be interested in coming out there and getting the track scanned. So, but yeah, no, we we didn't have any direct relationship or any direct hand in making that happen whatsoever. What about uh, the restoration that I saw on social media the last couple of days where local first responders and volunteers came out to just clean up the speedway from debris? Do you guys have a hand in that? No, that that actually started with um, the local fire department, which is right down the road, Broadway Fire Department. They met together as a group, then reached out to, to other first responders in Wilkes County and uh, North Wilkesboro and uh, Wilkesboro and and ask each one of them whether it would be um, something they would even be interested in doing and volunteering their time to go out there and clean track up. And they all said, yes, sure, you know, police, fire, and uh, EMS people all got together, and they they approached some people in town to to facilitate a meeting and to facilitate a conversation with with SMI and they were able to to uh, to get this done and go out there and clean the racetrack up and you know get some of those trees cut down a lot of weeds and things like that that had grown up over the years and, uh, and no we we uh 
you know, we, we just were a part of it in the fact of um, getting the word out of, of what they had done out at the racetrack. And these guys all got together on their own and they facilitated all the things that needed to be done to go out there and do it. And it was a pretty amazing effort to, to see so many people in town care so much to put this group together, to go out there and even ask um, whether they could do this or not, and then get permission to do so. I I think that right there, not only uh, makes a statement of what y'all have done since 2005, 2006, but also shows the support of the area and NASCAR fans in general and the wants of the fans to have North Wilkesboro Speedway back on the schedule and, and to see NASCAR back there along with other series, of course, and just see racing in general back there, to be honest with you. Yeah, and then, that, like, the, you know, again, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about just the support in town that, you know, the Wilkes County is just a NASCAR town in general. And that just goes to everybody that's there that they care so much about that racetrack. They care so much about their history and where where the where NASCAR came from and, and the Junior Johnsons of the world and the Benny Parsons that came out of Wilkes County and uh, you know Dean Holmes and Junior Johnson's shop for years was based out of Wilkes County. They want to preserve their history. Yeah and want to see that history flourish in in a new era. And they are just so willing to be so helpful, uh, again, to do what needs to be done to make this successful. And there's been so many people that have reached out to, to ask how they can be part of a group to go out there and do it. And, and, the support of people is just nothing short of amazing uh, just to see those people just want to volunteer their time to go out there and support their community and, and support the history of Wilkes County and, and to show that Wilkes County is welcome you with open arms to, to come back and bring a new era of racing to that facility. You guys are more of the get the word out there and us trying to make this happen. But has there been any opposition against bringing racing back to North Wilkesboro Speedway or reopening the track in general? Uh, locally, no. I mean, we we have a uh, there's there's you know we have a very supportive group of of people that want racing to come back there. They realize you know as 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 we've put you know, discovered information and research things and, you know, run across different uh, economic surveys that have been done since the track left Wilkes County. And so many of them look at this as a way of revival in a town that's um, seen Lowe's move out and go to Mooresville, seen the glass textile industries leave. They see this as a rebirth of Wilkes County economically. And, and they believe in the, the the goal of you know that rebirth in Wilkes County and, and and that's just not the track itself you know that there there's a realization that when the track opens restaurants are going to have to hire more people gas stations are going to have to hire more people they're going to have to build more hotels they're going to have to build more you know more restaurants or whatever the case may be 
and, and it, it brings more revenue into the county. Right. It it's puts, just it's just a put, just a big snowball effect. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a huge snowball effect, and all that all the stuff that comes alongside of reopening the speedways. It, it, yeah, the speedway is going to generate a lot of money on its own. But the county, it's that the county is going to generate a lot of money with all these oh, people yeah. coming in, and, and 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 that's they see the end goal, they see the goal that it, this this is a good for the county. This is a rebirth of us, rebuilding our town, and put, putting people back to work and doing what needs to be done. And so, no, we, I mean, we've we've encountered very none, virtually none. As far as opposition is concerned, I mean, you always have people on social media that yeah. you know, it didn't matter what it is. You know, if you tell tell them that the sky is blue, they're gonna they're gonna argue with you and tell you no, it's your purple or whatever color you want to pick out of the pick. It, it, it's just you know, you, you do have some people like that, but yeah. as far as the people that matter, the people that are involved and boots on the ground, the people that are wanting and make to make this happen again they there's no opposition to it they they believe in the end goal they believe in the goal of of reviving this track and history in wilkes county that being said you i've we've seen success come out of the news as far as north carolina news that the legislation in north carolina is starting to put through the house and senate there to allocate money towards North Wilkesboro and Wilkesboro County, and I believe Charlie said seventy-one and something. Uh, yeah, it was uh, twenty million. I guess that the house, I guess the house passed something to, like twenty million towards what was it, a highway, something like that. Well, what's the status on that? So the governor in his uh, budget proposal saw for the next two years had initially asked for ten million dollars. $10 million to go to North Wilkes Fair Speedway, $10 million to go to, to Rockingham, $10 million to go to uh, Charlotte. Yep. That was revised in house to, to give an additional amount of money to both Rockingham and to the Wilkes County. $20 million would go to Wilkesboro, 15 to Rockingham, and 10 to Charlotte. So they, they revised it up a little bit and gave both Rockingham and North Wilkesboro a little extra money. It, it has passed the house. Um, the House has passed the budget uh, with those considerations into it. Uh, it was sent to the Senate to begin de- debate on it uh, last Monday, the 16th. And now it is uh, currently in committee because there is a, you know, government likes to, um, you know, cross their I's and dot their T. I mean, cross their T's and dot their I's and make sure that, you know, all the stuff that they've, you know, agreed on is in there. So they're they're in committee right now making sure that we agree on everything. There's no differences between what the Senate is proposing, what the House is proposing, et cetera. And uh, we're just waiting for it to come back to the floor um, once it gets out of committee and uh, come up for a vote. I don't have a date on that right now because it hasn't been put on yeah. the legislative mm-hmm. calendar. Um, but we do watch the legislative calendar, and as soon as it comes up, we, we typically we will post the information out there when it will come up for a vote, and then when it does come for the vote, we'll, we'll you know circle back and we'll put that information up, letting people know that it what status is of, of the bill. That's got to feel like such a win after starting in two thousand five and finally starting to see the state of North Carolina, they start to consider allocating funds to North Wilkesboro Speedway, knowing that the county will benefit, thus the state will benefit, and it just, like Charlie said, the snowball effect will affect not just the 
county, but the state as a whole, because why not go to Charlotte at that point or Mooresville to visit the actual race teams? Oh, I mean, it is a win. It's a win all around. The money, the money that's going to come into Wilkes County, this twenty million dollars is 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 huge. It gives an opportunity to uh, improve the roadways around the track, build in better access to the track and parking, um, Speedway Road, Fishing Creek. You know, all, all all the roads around the track. You know, that's a that's a benefit not only to the track but to the, to the residents that live around the racetrack. You know, I mean, this thing sits right outside of a you know, residential neighborhoods, just like you do in Mar- Martinsville or Richmond. I mean, there's there's houses that almost back up directly to the track. But you know, there's you know there's there there's sewer, there's water that's this money will go to all keeping access to to people on and around the track. Better access to uh, again, better access to sewer and water extensions, uh, better roads. And I think people have to look at the big picture on this. It's just not, you know, somebody's going to hand $20 million off and say, well, okay, do whatever you want to do. We don't care. Yeah. yeah. Now this, this is, this is a net benefit to ensure that not only the track survive, uh, thrives, but the people around it also benefit too. I mean, this is, there's, it's a, it's a win-win for, for everybody that's around there. I mean, you get your roads improved. I mean, who wouldn't want that? I mean, get access to sewer and water. I mean, uh, who wouldn't want that where, you know, it, it, you know, better access to that, you know, businesses that are on that, there's businesses on that road too, that, you know, benefit just, you know, from, from the, the access to water or sewer and things like that. You know, that's a, again, it's a net benefit to, to all, to people all around. And that's the bigger picture of all. And I, I don't want to speak for anybody, but if I was Marcus Smith, and racing did come back to North Wilkesboro, I'd make you or whoever else was involved, the general managers of that track and the promoters of that track, because you guys, I think, earned it. And that'd be your full-time job if you wanted it. Because it sounds like you just have the passion for it. You know everything that's going on there. You've, I've, I take it since 2005, you've built, built a reputation and a rapport and a relationship with the residents there, and they trust you to make the right decisions for the track and for the community. If I was SMI, I'd make you guys the general managers of that track. Is there a general manager right now? No, no, there isn't. There is a, um, there is a caretaker that's been there since 1960. And um, I can't remember the specific year, but he's been there since the sixties. He's told me, I don't know, a dozen times, but I can never remember the year. And, and and when the track was sold um, back in 96, he stayed on as the only employee of the track and has cut the grass and, you know, tried to keep it up as best Man, as possible. Since 1960, um, that's more like an undertaker than it is a caretaker at this point. <laughs> now, I know that sounds horrible, but man. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, yeah. So, I mean, he's got some stories of, of what's going on, but you know, yeah. SMI has um, started the process of uh, hiring additional um, people to go out there. Um, they now have somebody else helping the caretaker out uh, as we've posted on social media, the, the local company, uh, there's a local company in town that has uh, uh, donated tractors and heavy equipment to, to the racetrack. So the, the new guy that is now helping the caretaker out can do some more things, cut awesome. more grass faster, things like that. So, you know, but they're, they're working on that, uh, building that out. And I don't have a specific timeline because, you know, I'm, it's something I'm not involved with, but you know, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're working that process. Like, like 
whoever would be building a business. And again, I don't know where they are in that process. It's just, you know, but it's good to see that they've, you know, again, we, they've hired somebody else to come down there and help work that racetrack. And I mean, it's been paying dividends. I mean, the, the, the guy that, that they hired to go out and work with, with the caretaker, they, they took and dumped hundreds of gallons of Roundup out there to kill a lot of this stuff before the firemen and the first responders came in to make it easier to manage and easier to clean up. So, you know, there, there's work that's being done out there every yeah. day to get the track to a, to a position where the next step would be a renovation. And you guys deserve a spot on that board or somewhere, a suite named after you or something like that. You guys have done the legwork and the grunt work, and it's kind of like the military for me. It's like the grunts do the hard work, and generals get the medals, and the officers get the medals, whereas I, it's, I hope it doesn't happen where if racing does come back, which I think it's – we're starting to see – if you if I were you guys, I'd be starting to see the light, that credit will be given where credit is due, and you guys will be offered something there at the track. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't personally know. I do not know. if if you had and this is going to be a tough question because you know there's so many variables and so many unknowns but if you had to put a timeline on when you think racing might could happen at north wilkesboro speedway again what what would that timeline be all i know is and you know i i I, not to put you on the spot uh, yeah i know Well, all, all I know is, and the best comment I can make to that is, SRX has been teasing whatever it is. And I really, and this is just, again, a personal opinion because I don't know. I really think that they're pushing to have the track on the schedule next year. I would love just that. Based yeah. on, just, just based on... Uh, the teasing that they have done on social media that also involved Ray Everham teasing it, yep. uh, Jeff Hammond, one of the crew chiefs, teasing it, Marcus Lemonis, the sponsors the series, teasing it. And I really think that, to my personal opinion, from reading what they have said, is I really do think that they want to bring the SRX series there next year. Yeah, and I that's saw, just my again. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I saw the te- or just you know what I. Yeah, I saw the teasing as well. Like, hey, what are you guys doing next summer for North Wilkesboro? Coming from the SRX camp and uh, on Twitter, and I said, "Oh boy!" And you might have to take some of that twenty million dollars and build more stands to hold more than forty thousand. I tell you, <laughs> because I think I think you could sell tickets for a hundred bucks now. Uh, no, so, I'm, so I'm well. telling you, I, if if SRX showed up, I think it's safe to say. 40,000 would be there. That would be the toughest ticket in racing, I feel. Based off of what we've seen last year with SRX ticket sales, I, I, I do believe it'd be a sellout. I think it would be, and I think it'd be accredited to what your organization has done. Yeah, no doubt. To put North Wilkesboro back on the map and make it a, a serious talking point now in the world of not just NASCAR, but racing. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. If, if SRX, that is their intentions to come next year to North Wilkesboro Speedway. Yeah, I'm kind of in the camp that you're, you're right that it'll be very, very tough 
take it to get. It'll be the old days of going to Richmond or Bristol, and you had to sit on a waiting list for 10 years before your name ever came up. And, yeah, I think it'll be very tough. Yeah, that would be tough. And you better get the ticket number one. Your organization better get number number ticket one through how many ever. How many are in Save the Speedway working with you guys? You got Rob, yourself. So there's there's four there's four of us total. We have another guy that helps us out. A fifth. He's more of a historian of NASCAR in general. He helps us out on some of the more historical questions that we have about the track. But he's uh. So yeah, we I, I so I mean we consider him part of the group. Um, just um, but he but there's four of us that work together right now on say the speedway with the. Uh, uh, two other other than Rob and myself, and then the guy we have uh, a relationship on historical questions that we pretty much consider him part of our group. Right, and I, I think you guys should get tickets one through four whenever racing returns there, and guaranteed tickets one through four for all the work you've done. Uh, Charlie, you have anything else for Stephen? No, uh, Stephen, I've enjoyed it. Appreciate all the insight and. and Definitely appreciate all that y'all are doing to bring such a, I would dare say, legendary track back to the schedule yeah. and to get some of the just same old, same old racing, I guess, off the current schedule and get some excitement back into NASCAR. Or so, racing in general. Uh, yeah, racing in general. <laughs> so. I'm looking forward to it, and I, I hope everything works out. And looking forward to how the next couple of years pan out. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on, and we just keep doing our thing to continue promoting the speedway in the best possible light. It's it's been something that it's been something that you know it's not always tangible. It's not always something that you can touch and feel and smell, yeah. but it's things that you know we've we've tried to present the speedway in the best possible light um, as well as educating people on the history of the track and just some of the, the moments in, in, in NASCAR history that occurred there and, you know, the pre the predating NASCAR and the people that were involved with the racetrack that sometimes their names go never get mentioned, but they, they played a bigger role in NASCAR in general in the very early years. So, you know, we, we try to educate people and not just promote the track itself, but, pr- you know, educate people on, you know, the people that bought racing to Wilkes County and people that were influenced in the very early years of NASCAR and, and part of that group um, that went to Daytona and, you know, so many other places that you, you don't necessarily hear their names, but, you know, they, they played a part and uh, it, it's been interesting over the years to learn about these people to meet their families just some of them we've got to meet in person um like just take junior johnson for example um our times meeting with him and you know people in wilkes county always knew that if you showed up at junior's farm in the morning uh he'd be cooking breakfast out in the barn and you know sure enough um the times that we went there and sat down and um, had conversations with him and and there's just so many others that, that, that we've learned about over the years and we've we've tried to educate people on 
um, just the rich history of, of Wilkes County in general and where it played a role in NASCAR. If SRX goes up there, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting a ticket and being there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we are too. If, if SRX goes, we're we're we're, we're going to find a way. If we, you know, if we have to sneak underneath the fence, and and uh, well, let me know where you sneak under the fence. At. Me and Matt will be right behind y'all. Yeah, we'll hold the fence up for you. We'll hold the fence up for yeah, you. I'll hold the fence. Up. Like I said, you guys should. I think you. I think you guys deserve tickets one through four. We'll do everything on our end as far as Twitter and Facebook to share and try to put as much more spotlight on this as possible from our podcast end. But I think this is great. I think that more eyes will be on this and more interest will be brought to this for, because of this. Because this is the first time I've heard anybody or interview from Save the Speedway. So, uh, re- again, really do appreciate it. We'll do whatever we can from our end and try to push it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on tonight and, you know, just trying to trying to do what we can to, to preserve the history of the racetrack. Steven, I really do appreciate it. This, this is great. Just talking to someone with as much passion as you have. I can hear it in your voice. I love it. And I wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. We'll definitely stay in touch. And um, if we could do anything from our end, I know we're a small podcast. We have a passion for this as well, racing as well. So anything we could do from our end, we'd be more than happy to help. Uh, sure, absolutely. Thank again, like I said, thanks for having me on. I'm glad to do this, and you know, try and give our our story to to people and to just uh, promote the track is the best way that we we know how to do it. And thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, it, it gives us an opportunity to. You know, sometimes people just read our tweets or you know read our Facebook or Instagram and. You know, there, there's, you know, that's, you know, 280 characters or, you know, a picture or something like that. And, you know, sometimes it really doesn't tell the whole story. And, you know, we've, uh, we've debated sometimes on whether we do like a, a podcast or something every once in a while to, to give longer answers or do long forms or something like that. Yeah. that you know, it's hard to do on social media and this kind of gives us a platform to do it. And I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm, we're glad we could facilitate. Like I said, I, I haven't seen another podcast, and I'm sure you guys have done it, but I haven't seen it where they've talked to you guys. And it's like, I want to talk to these guys <laughs> so bad. Because I, I want to go. I want to go. I've never grew I never grew up with that. It's like that nostalgia thing that keeps coming back to you, know, Stephen? Yeah. And I, I think that's where the passion lies and everything lies. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah, it's uh, you know, again, it's you know, none of us get paid. Um, That's this the passion, isn't our full. This isn't like a full time job or business or anything like that. It's just a group of people with a common interest and passion to to make it make it happen. Yep, and that's where the passion in lies, and that's where I think it's that's where it'll pay off. And if you guys don't get tickets one through four, golden stamped for every event there, that's wrong. You let me know who I need to hunt. Down. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Because you guys are doing the legwork. We're we're a small part of making this all happen, and by no means are are we the only. There's so many people that you know. I, 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 it would take me twenty, thirty minutes. I don't even know how long it would take me to be honest with you to to thank all the people that are behind the scenes that you know have done this for us over the years or introduced us, introduced us to 
that right person or uh, whatever the case may be. There's just so many people that it, yeah. uh, you know, we could probably do a whole hour of just, you know, me sitting here and thanking all the people that has been just, you know, even an incremental part of all of this, but really at the end of the day, you know, that connection or that introduction or that piece of advice is paid off and paid dividends for us to take the next step or, answer the next question or whatever the case may be. It's just been something that there's just a lot of people that I really honestly would like to think, but it's how, how do I even do it? Because it's just too many people to, you know, I, I, I would feel like I would just be rambling for an hour to try and thank all the people. I have to, I have to roll a credit screen at the well, end of the, Two things on that, Stephen. One, the name of our podcast is rambling about race. And so ramble on my friend. Two, it sounds like we need to have you back on the show, and that's the segue for it. Right? Well, if you if you if you guys want me back, you just just let me know, and or if whatever you, we want to do, I'll yeah. facilitate it. Whatever I need to do, or if you have something you want to share, by all means, hey, hit us up, and hey, I got some big news, and I want you guys to do it first. Like, we'll bring you back on the next week. No questions asked. <laughs> no questions asked. Okay. Well, you know, if we got something or um, you want to do something again, just you know how to find me. I'm easy to find, and <laughs> that's great. Uh, again, can't thank you enough for your time. I'm, I I love this, and I love just rambling about racing. I know you do too. Best of luck, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Cool. Thanks, guys. I right, look thank forward you. to it. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Yeah. You too, Stephen. Be safe. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at Rambling About Racing are a proud affiliate of. So if you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under our sponsors tab, there at the bottom you'll see a link to Fanatics. It'll take you right to the NASCAR page where you can get all your latest and greatest driver gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, diecasts, and much more. But it doesn't just stop. have to stop there. If you like Alabama Crimson Tide football, buy Alabama Crimson Tide football from there. If you like Washington Capitals, Washington Capitals has all their stores there as well. So head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the sponsor tab. Link is there at the bottom for Fanatics. All purchases will help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you better content and more content for the future. Go check them out. Final thoughts here on Ramblin' About Racing. Special thanks again to Stephen from Save the Speedway. What a great conversation, Charlie. I could hear the passion in his voice. He's dedicated to this, even though he's a volunteer. And I, and like we said, I think it's, it would be an injustice for them not to get tickets to every North Wilkesboro race there. Tickets one through four. Give to those guys. I think it would be great for them. They've been doing such a great job on social media. Again, how do you enjoy the interview, Charlie? Yeah, um, I'm with you. If if they don't get a a suite named after them or like something, the grandstands named after them or something you like know, that. I think a save be... the speedway section or or, or something. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, then an injustice is going to be done to them. It really will. Is I mean, like I said during the interview, I think it's like saying that the grunts win the battles, but the officers get the medals. SMI though, they have a hand somewhat in there because they own the raceway doesn't mean they've done the legwork in order to necessarily bring it back. These guys have a connection to the city of and the county of Wilkesboro. The, the political people the politi- they need to the, be in contact with. Yeah, the, the 
representatives they talk to, the money they've raised, the awareness that they've raised, not only on social media, but everywhere. Just having people come by, helping them clean up and having, and, and I can see the passion in the townspeople because firefighters, EMS, police went over there to clean the speedway up because who's to say SRX doesn't come back and before they do, they want to look at the track and who wants to look at weeds growing. Now they have something that's like, we could work with this. I think they're doing a great job. Best of luck to them in their endeavors. Make sure to go give them a follow. I'll give you their social media handles right now. So on Twitter, it's at Save the Speedway. And on Facebook, it is simply Save the Speedway. Make sure to give those guys a quick follow if you don't mind. And I think I think they're doing, again, a great job. Again, thank you, Stephen, for taking the time to be on the show. Now we get to In the Marbles 2.0 following the Michigan race there. Matt Camper yeah. still in the lead with 4,598 points. SMR R&D is in second. S-Blades thirds. SMR Operations is fourth. I'm in fifth still. Smoking Woody sixth. Truck 8384. Charlie is in seventh. Unhinged Racing is eighth. And Summers Racing ninth. And again, that's for the $100 Amazon gift card. And Charlie and I are starting to brainstorm maybe a different approach to this in the next season, into 2022 season. Yeah, something that will benefit us a little more. Something that we can keep track of um, and know, have a full Because I'm pretty sure it. Matt Camper has already hacked the system and <laughs> is just walking away with it somehow. So, <laughs> Well, he wants that $100 Amazon I, gift card, and I can't well, I him. guess, but, you know, is, is $100 worth prison time for hacking a system? Nah, nah, he's not hacking the system. I'm he, just kidding. He might be just, just kidding, woke okay? everybody's rear end on that, but that's – Nah, he's That's, freaking kicking our butts. Yeah, he is. I don't know where he came from. Nowhere too. It was Preston leading the standings for a while, and then he Matt Camper came on and started. I'm good. Winning. Like I'll, I'll be like first and second throughout the race, and then like stage three happens, and all my freaking people wreck out. Hey, that's racing, man. You can't help that. It's not you. It's the racing. I know. It's Austin Dillon. It's Austin Dillon. Yeah, he wants I, to. He just wants to cause all kinds of chaos for everybody else. I had him in my lineup. I'm thinking, yeah, I yeah, this would be I good did. for Austin. I Dillon. hadn't had him in my lineup all year. <laughs> I don't think I'll have him in anymore. But this week in NASCAR, we go back to August 21st, 1962. Richard Petty wins a 100-mile race at Spartanburg's Hub City Speedway. It is his sixth consecutive victory for Petty Enterprises' Plymouth team. Richard Petty has won four races in that streak, while his teammate has won the other two. And that is your This Week in NASCAR. Charlie, who is our driver of the week this week? Ernie Irvin. Swerving Irvin. So born January 13th, 1959. Like you said, is occasionally referred to as Swerving Irvin. Best remembered as his comeback after a serious head injury. Suffered from a crash during a race in 1994 that left him with only a 10% chance of survival. Irvin has been inducted into into numerous Halls of Fame and was named one of NASCAR's 50th greatest 50th greatest drivers in 1998. After a series of injuries in the late 1990s, he retired from racing in 99. He won the 1991 Daytona 500, the 1993 Winston 500, led the Winston Cup Series and polls in 94, has countless awards. I mean, the list goes on here. He ran 313 races over 12 years. His first win come at the 1990 Bush 500 at Bristol. His last win came at the 1997 Miller 400 at Michigan. 
Uh, he had a total of 15 wins, 124 top tens, and 22 poles. And that's going to be our driver of the week. Man, I, 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 don't, I don't recall ever watching him race. I think he retired by the time I started watching NASCAR, but he would have been a lot of fun to watch racing. One of Daytona 500 definitely goes down in history books of one of the greatest drivers who had some of the worst luck, I feel. There's been a lot of drivers like that. You know, oh, yeah. you look at. You look at Steve Park. Like I, I oh, used yes. to be one of. I, I used to be a huge fan of Steve Park. Like one of my racing go karts when I grew up was a Steve Park paint thing, uh, paint scheme. Oh wow! I, you know that man just suffered so many injuries that he just had to retire. Like so many head injuries. And Ernie Irvin's just another one of those that yeah. it's the same way, man. Ernie Irvin, Jerry Nadeau, Steve mm-hmm. Park, just unfortunate, just great <sighs> talent right there. And a, great- a lot, a lot of greatness. That unfortunately just oh, Dale Jr. Yeah, you know, and I, I, a lot of people, you know, I don't think realize realize it about all those drivers either. And yeah, that's a whole different show that we could do. <laughs> yeah, it might so be one of those to get into that. It might be one of those filler shows we do during the off season of the races. <laughs> Upcoming races here, uh, Friday, August twenty seventh at. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBCSN. You have the Xfinity race from Daytona. And then to Saturday, August 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBC, you have the cup race from Daytona, the cutoff race for the start of the NASCAR playoff starting in the next couple weeks at Darlington. Can't wait to be there for the Southern 500s. I've been missing it ever since the Goodyear 400, the throwback. Is, is that the cutoff for the Xfinity race, too? I will get that answer for you right here. The cutoff for the Xfinity race is coming at Bristol. Okay. All right. So Daytona is not the cutoff Daytona race. Daytona is not the cutoff race for the Xfinity series. Bristol is okay. the cutoff race for that. And that's just as much fun, if not more fun, than Daytona, I feel. And for Formula One, they're back in action this weekend from Belgium. The Circuit of Spa, which is always a fun race to watch if, it's always interesting. Something always happens at Spa that is memorable. And that race is going to be August 29th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. So make sure to set your DVRs for that. Again, great to talk to Steven from Save the Speedway. Hope to have him on again if he wants to come back on and just ramble about racing with us. And Charlie, you have anything else before we call it a night here, man? I'm good. Great interview with Steven. Um, love what they're doing. I, I think a lot can be learned from what they're doing and the support that they've gotten from the community. So and I, I think really and truly NASCAR should take a look at the support that they're getting and, and yeah. really like, take a serious look at it. Be like, you know, we, we should really look at something. We should really take a look at this and be like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, this is where our fan base is. Yeah. So, like, really it, it's, 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 you know, if I guess if you understand what I'm trying to say, I, I'm I'm really trying to find the words here. Yeah, I'm picking up what you're throwing down, Mayor Man. I think everybody else is. But, Charlie, if you got nothing else here, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here on this episode. Thank you again so much for tuning into Rambling About Embarrassing, whether you're on the Unhinged Sports Network Radio or Belly Up Podcast. Appreciate your support and everything that you do about the show. Make sure to follow Rambling About Racing on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All of those can be found at ramblingaboutracing.com, as well as links to our sponsors, Flag and Anthem, Stand Up to Dancer, 
and Fanatics. Proceeds there will go to help to support the podcast here at Rambling About Racing, as well as the Unhinged Sports Network and Belly Up Podcast to bring you guys better content in the future. Special thanks again to Steven from Save the Speedway. Make sure to go follow them on their social media platforms. For Charlie Herkus, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you so much for tuning in to us this week. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.